Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go-getters, and anyone craving a change. And we are so happy you are here. Welcome to episode one, season one of Piloting the Podcast. (laughs) Our pilot episode. (laughs) Yes, our pilot episode. Um, We're very happy that you're here listening in. This is truly, this is us piloting this passion project. Um, And we're embracing and trying to be braced for challenges up ahead with the podcast. We're learning as we go. Uh, I like to say I'm I'm quite a noob when it comes to this, but really happy that that you're here. Um, So to kick us off, we just need to get kind of start from ground zero, fun, fundamental foundation setting. Like, why are we here? What is piloting? What are our goals for this podcast? And how do we define this word that we keep saying, which is autopilot? Um, you'll see in our podcast name, we're saying the word piloting. Um, in our tagline, we're saying, you know, this is for people who refuse to live on autopilot. And so in order for us to figure out like what is piloting and and why this is so important to us. Let's define what is the opposite of that. And that is autopilot. I think for me, when I think about autopilot, it's just whenever I felt like I'm going through the motions, like I'm not actively making decisions every day. I don't feel like I'm really exercising any agency. I think when things feel too predictable, and that's not to say that a routine is bad because sometimes it is really comforting to have a routine and know what you're going to do. But I think the difference between like, these are my routines and my rituals that I like is that with autopilot, I don't feel engaged. I'm not feeling like, oh, I love this cup of coffee in the morning or this yoga meditation is adding value to my life. It's like when I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing what I did yesterday and I'm going to do it again tomorrow. And it just, that like sense of ennui, like that a little bit of boredom and restlessness. I think like for me, autopilot is where I just get like distracted. I'm just, I'm disengaged. Yeah. I think there's just like a feeling of lack of engagement. What, like, what does it feel like for you? Uh, I can resonate that with a lot. It's very much like a fog. Mm. Uh, like you, you physically feel like you're there, you're going through the motions, but it doesn't really feel like you're maybe even like you're running in place or you're running towards something, but you're not really understanding what's the point of where, like what you're running towards. Like it's just like a brain fog. Um, Yeah. And it's this like really tricky, weird space in time. Like it feels messy. feels, I think we've talked about this before privately, like the sticky space. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's not as crisp and clean as maybe like a routine or like that feels very intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Like knowing like, you know, people who have like routines who wake up every day at the same time, like I, I envy that, but I think autopilot is is something different from that where you maybe feel it's like, it's like an out-of-body experience. You feel like you're not really living the life that you want to live. Yeah. And um, I'm sure a lot of people can resonate with that feeling. 
And it's, it's, what's interesting about it is it's not something that just like happens maybe once in a lifetime. I mean, maybe, maybe if you're really lucky, maybe if you're really good at living <laughs> your life and like living your best life, um, please come on our podcast and like give us your secrets. But I feel like I've experienced a lot of like autopilot moments in my life and we both are truly not that old. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I completely agree with you. I, I felt it up. At a couple different times, I remember one specific moment. It was actually, I think, at the beginning of my sophomore year of college. Like I, I enjoyed college. I went to school. It was about an hour away from like where I went to high school. So like I had the on-campus living away from family experience, but I wasn't super far away. And some of my best friends from high school actually ended up going to the same university that I did. So my immediate circle wasn't radically different. Like I'd obviously met new people and I'd made new friends, but like my best friends were still my my best friend from high school. And I think I just had this sense at the beginning of sophomore year, I was like, I'm having fun, but am I really getting this? Like, these are the best years of my life experience. Mm. Like, did I, and I mean, it was a great school. Like, like I said, I was having a fantastic time my freshman year, but I started to feel like maybe I was playing it safe, just kind of doing, doing, you know, like I was just on autopilot. Like I I wasn't sure that I was really taking big risks and big leaps. And funny, that was actually when, I don't know who reached out to who, but that's when you and I connected. And I was like, I kind of want to shake up my routine a little bit. And we decided to like go to Costa Rica. (laughs) on on this like group tour and it was like for me one of the first big international trips like without like a parent teacher chaperone we were young Renee yeah I think we were 19 and I I remember it like prompted me to like get a job at school because my parents are like yeah if you want to go to Costa Rica that's great like where's the money I was like you're right um, and I, 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 it was a great experience at Costa Rica was fantastic. Um, I met great friends at that job, that part-time job I got at school. So it all happened for a reason, but that, that's a moment I remember distinctly early in college feeling like, is this like, like you said, that fog, I was like, I'm enjoying it, but like, there's something. Mm-hmm. And then I took that moment to pivot and it, and it was a great, it was a great choice, I think. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. I almost forgot about that. I was like, what is she talking about? Where we reconnected. I'm like, we've, we've been friends since high school, a context for um, everyone listening. So we've known each other for more than half of our lives. Um, But yeah, I, I distinctly remember that trip. Now it was through EF college break and it was for students or young adults between like 18 to 26 or something. Um, and Costa Rica was the first trip. And then Thailand two years later was our second yeah. trip. And you bring up a good point. Like I also, when I look back on my college experience, um, I'm so thankful for it. I, I made really great friends, friends that I still have best friends to this day. But when I look back and think about where I've grown up and how I've evolved as a person, I do think that I played it really safe. And it's in times when I'm like traveling and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
what if I had decided to go to NYU? What if I like had moved to the West Coast and applied to the college in Colorado that I just kept talking about but never did? And it's not that I look back with regret or anything like that, but I do know that a lot of my decision-making is rooted in feeling secure and safe. And that makes a lot of sense too, as someone who's like 17, 18 years old, making a big decision. And so to your point earlier, like because I feel like I played it safe, I ended up not studying abroad in college, which was really surprising. I feel like that was very off-brand for me. Um, But I think our, our trips that we went on there helped. And it was like a tug. I don't know how else to explain it. Like this, like, guttural feeling of just like things could be better. Like something's not a hundred percent and what, you know, taking kind of taking stock of what that is. And I know for me, this just happened like a couple years ago, listening to, um, Glennon Doyle's we can do hard things podcast. And she was talking about like, defining the feeling. And so once you're sort of like, kind of like autopilot and you're in the fog and you define like what it is that you're missing, or you sort of define that feeling, it becomes real. And from like it, from that feeling becoming real now, then you can sort of like make this decision to jump into the unknown and whatever that unknown is for you at that period of time. So I can speak for me for the college experience and going to Costa Rica. I went to a smaller state university in the mountains and horrible but fun winters. And yeah, it was just like, I I can do more. Um, and not that what anyone feels like is less, but just for me personally, I know that I like to travel. I like to experience different cultures. I like to be challenged. And so in those moments where I feel like I'm not being challenged anymore is when I'm like, I might be, I might be on autopilot right now. Yeah. I, I like that you mentioned that autopilot doesn't have to mean that you hate your current circumstances. It's just that you think things could be a little better. I think so many times when I think of representations of people on autopilot, it's I'm trapped in this marriage and we have to get divorced tomorrow or I have to transfer to a different school. It has to be this massive radical change. And sometimes it is like sometimes you can get into a situation where you do need to make a very hard and abrupt left in your life. And that's fine. But sometimes it's also just what I'm doing is okay or maybe even good, but it could be great. And it, it doesn't have to come from this place of misery or despair. Like it can come from a a place of just leveling up or like you said, take, taking yourself to the next level, feeling challenged. And it doesn't have to be that you're, you don't have to get to rock bottom to feel that you're on autopilot. I don't Mm -hmm. think. I definitely think we both can speak to both instances and maybe I, I like how you worded it. Like it's not a hard left. And I forget about those more soft moments too of, a, a pivot, mm-hmm. a little, a little nudge in a different direction. And it's pretty wild. So when you look back on life, like what those moments are and taking stock of it, because it's really, I have not really 
remembered those moments until we started talking about this podcast and what we wanted it to be about. And we hear about like all these, oh yeah, so I did the thing. It was really messy. And then now I own this like billion dollar company. And we're like, cool, 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 cool. I can't wait to be that. Um, But we just totally skipped out on this huge period of time where you were going through pivots and you were going through all these like changes, soft or hard. And um, now we're trying to like kind of take stock of our own and how we want to continue to evolve and, and move forward as we enter into other, you know, other decades of our lives. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. I was, when I was explaining this podcast to my friend, I was like, it's not like how I built this. It's more how I'm building this. Cause to your point, I think a lot of people skip mm-hmm. over the, this, the, the very critical <laughs> pieces of like the laying the foundation and getting things off the ground. Like, like, like you said, I think, I, I love a success story. I love hearing people who made a big risk and, and everything paid off. But there is that period in between one door closing and another one opening that I'm like, tell me about what happens in the swing. Like, did you get hit in the face or did the door just open? I mean, that's mm-hmm. a terrible metaphor. But yeah, I just, you know, I I think there's a lot of that in between space. And I think what I'm really interested in, yes, I'm interested in like the logistics of certain things. Like when did you file for your LLC? And then it became an escort, mm. you know, like some of those logistical things are very helpful. If you're building a business, a brand, a, an entity to, you know, tell me about your taxes. Like that's a, that's a whole topic, but mm-hmm. I'm also really interested in the, the internal process of how do you know when to trust your gut or how do I know if I'm making the right decision? Is it too early to take a risk? Like, did you take a leap and then have to take a step back and start over? You know, like I'm really interested in that stuff because I think I think that is harder sometimes than the logistical mm-hmm. stuff. Like you can find a bookkeeper to help you figure out the tax stuff. You can read a book about how to get your real estate business off the ground, Mm. but they're like, they're only, you can read a million self-help books and memoirs, but there's nothing that can really teach you how to be prepared to make a big decision in your life other than just you doing it (laughs) or you just feeling it out. And it's, and I, I'm always really interested in people's process in that space because I think it's really brave, but it's a bravery that we all have in us, you know? Mm -hmm. And it feels I like, like, I think being for me personally, being able to have somebody who's not in like your everyday, being able to talk about it and like kind of work through those feelings. Like I've, I've definitely like, you're that person for me, right? Like outside of my marriage, like it feels good. Like, A, you've known me forever and B, I feel like we, you know, no matter what we've sort of run parallel to each other a lot in our lives and feel, have felt certain things. It could be our age. It could be the industry we're in, but, um, just having someone and and being, being surrounded by the type of energy that is supportive of discovery, supportive of evolving and and wanting to change or, uh, digging a little bit deeper than what's on, what's on the surface. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, we eventually, we can <laughs> open up the pod to guests who can let us in on their their secrets in a good way of um, 
how it was to be on autopilot. But speaking of autopilot, we touched on it a little bit about um, an example that you, you shared about us being in, in college and then going on a trip. Um, what are some other examples uh, that you can think of where have either been miniature, like miniature pivots or big pivots where you've mm. experienced autopilot and then have come out on the other side? I guess last year, I, I'll be careful how I speak about this because um, I'm still with this job and I love this job. Um, but last year, I think like many people, I just had a, a rough time with the pandemic um, and I was just experiencing burnout. Like, And it was no one's fault. Like, like I said, I love my job. I was in a really great position. I had good people around me. It wasn't any external factors. I was just beyond like the world that we were living in at the time. And I was really burnt out. And I approached my, my boss and my company about like wanting to take a break. Isn't the right word. Um, but just, I needed like a change. I I felt like I was burnt out and I felt like I needed something new and refreshing. And for me, travel has always been like a good, um, antidote when I'm feeling that way. And I was really fortunate that my company um, and my team members really were accommodating. We were able to let me take, I don't even want to use the word sabbatical, but I worked abroad because um, I was still working for three months in South Korea. And it was so incredible because I ha- I did tra- I did study abroad in college, um, but that was a long time ago. Um, and so I went abroad to live in a different country where I didn't speak the language. I didn't know anyone I wasn't someone who had been deep in like K-culture before. So like when I got there, everyone's like, oh, do you've been listening to all the K-pop, K-dramas? And I'm like, no, I'm just here. (laughs) I just needed something different to kind of shake up my life in a kind of dramatic way. And it honestly was one of the best experiences that I've ever had. I am so eternally grateful for everyone who made that possible and if I can pat myself on the back, I'm, I'm a little, like, I'm really proud of myself that I took that leap. Um, but yeah, I, I think because to your, like you mentioned earlier, I had a lot of those symptoms of just feeling like I'm in a bit of a fog. I, I realized that I'm not like in the normal headspace that I usually mm-hmm. am and that it wasn't because anything was wrong. Like at no point did I think, oh, I need to quit this or do that. And I was like, no, my, my circumstances are fine. I'm just, I just need like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. And that was one avenue that has worked for me in the past that I, that I used again. And it was really, it was really good, but it, you know, it, I think yeah, autopilot's just so funny because sometimes it sneaks up on you. Like it's tough. Like it's hard sometimes when it moves slow. Like sometimes I think with autopilot, you can realize pretty quickly, like something's off. And then other times it just, it's a slow build and you wake up one morning and you're like, Oh my God, is this my life? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What about you? That's a great point. I, I was thinking as you were, you were talking as well, like, cause I'm thinking about my autopilot. Well, I was thinking about my autopilot experiences too. Like it's not that you're like a zombie and you know, like the literal maybe definition of autopilot, um, of where you're, it's just like you're monotone and you're like this, mm. like, I feel like autopilot is much more of an ebb and flow of a scribble of like, ah, and then like a straight line here where things kind of taper off. Like 
it, it's, it's a fog, but it's also just like chaos. And I think for me, it took a lot of chaos mm. <laughs> for me to get to my breaking off point, breaking away from autopilot point to finally take a leap and make it like make a decision and, and get off of it. Um, some of the ones that I can think about is, uh, so, well, not similar to you cause I did not study abroad, but so I didn't study abroad in college. Again, I feel like that was off brand of me. And probably if I, if I regretted anything, it would be that. And so I was about 23 and my cousin shared with me this teaching English as a foreign language um, course, TEFL certification that you can take. There was one through a program called TT Madrid, shout out, um, where it was based in Madrid, Spain. She had done it the previous year, had a wonderful experience. I was like, I, I need that because what ended up happening is I graduated college with my degree. I got a job, not anywhere close to what I was going to want to go for. A side note, I guess, like I majored in public relations. My first job out of college was uh, a junior loan processor. Let's just stop it there. <laughs> okay. It was a tough time. <laughs> junior loan processor. Hey, I was salaried. I went to an office. Um, it was fine for a good bit there. And yeah, I just got to this point where I was like, what am I doing? And I ended up going through other jobs. I took a very nonlinear path, folks, um, to finally prompt me to try out teaching English. And so I moved to Spain. I saved up all of my money. I ended up serving tables again so that I can afford this TEFL certification, get a student visa. And I was there for a year. Um, and so for me, like feeling really, it's, it's interesting. It's like, sometimes you think of autopilot as feeling too comfortable. I think for some of my autopilot experiences, I actually started feeling very uncomfortable. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it's not that I'm like, wow, things are really easy going here. Let's like th throw in some drama. Like for me, <laughs> I feel like I'm like, it's like, a, I feel like I'm just like running to this brick wall, like over and over again. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's me. I don't know if I've outgrown the season that I'm in or also another auto like autopilot moment is outgrowing a company. I don't know if like I'm the problem. <laughs> it's me. Hi. She's getting or, ready for the Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> yeah. Seeing Taylor Swift in Atlanta, you know? So I think for me, it's like mostly it's, I mean, definitely some moments of feeling too comfortable, need to spice things up or how I love how you phrase it, like shake things up. Other times, at least the ones in later in life for me have been more, like this feels like utter chaos and it's not even chaos that I'm welcoming. Like mm -hmm. I feel all over the place. I don't feel like I'm supposed to be where I'm supposed to be. Um, and it's not even a matter of like growth in terms of, oh, well, I'm supposed to be this level in my career by this age. No, it was just like, I am outgrowing my circumstances. Mm. And now I need to get off that horse and try again. And I've failed. I failed a few times, like trying to break away from autopilot. I know, and not fail because I, I want to give it the love and the nurturing that it deserves, but I did dip my toes into starting 
my own company. Well, with, with somebody else, like with, um, she was more like creative lead and I was more like Brad, uh, brand strategy lead. And we did it. I mean, we did the dang thing. We did it for a handful of months, but again, there was just like this tug of like, I don't, this still just doesn't feel right. And it feels like the same thing that I was doing before with a different shade of lipstick. Yeah. And so I sort of had to do like a, uh, it wasn't quite a 180. Let's just call it like a, a 90 degree angle, um, to switch careers and to switch my job. And that was a year ago and I still work, I still work at that place. And, um, for the most part, like I'm genuinely happy that I did that. Like, I feel like it's, it's to your point, like it's leveled me up in different ways, um, in my life to show up better for my family, to show up better as just like a person who's less stressed out, (laughs) Um, and who's not neurotic all the time because of, you know, the stresses of where I worked before. Um, yeah, autopilot's a, a tricky beast. Yeah, but you're right. I think there are times when it's been a more calm kind of fog. And there are times when it has felt, you know, a little painful, you know, being mm-hmm. in that that friction of, of making a change. Um, I think I... I'm someone who usually has it together, but have also cried at almost every job <laughs> I've had discreetly, discreetly. I don't want any like people thinking that I'm just like falling apart constantly. But um, when I was leaving to start at my current position, and this is the job that I'm at right now, I've, I've been at forever. It's been like my longest job, several years, um, have a lot of like tenure and passion for the organization and the people there. But when I was leaving my previous role to come to this job, even though like from the first phone call, I was like, I think this is the right fit. Like I'm vibing with the people that I'm meeting. It sounds like a risk I want to take. I'm really excited about everything. I still had a really hard time leaving my previous organization. Mm. And it's it's hard to explain why, because I... I knew right away when I started that job that it wasn't the right fit. It was it was a great company, and I I still recommend it to tons of people if they're looking for something. I'm like, oh yeah, it's fabulous. Um, it just wasn't the right fit for me. And even though I knew that, and it was uncomfortable being in that space, and I knew that I was moving towards something that I thought would be great, and several years later has proven to be great and the right thing, it was still really difficult to make that change. Um, and so I don't really know that I'm saying anything with that other than to say that it's, it's okay. If you have a hard time making decisions, like I don't consider myself a particularly indecisive person. Like I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm pretty intuitive. If my gut says something's right, I'm, I'm comfortable making that change. I, some people will say I'm a little spontaneous or more, (laughs) more than a little spontaneous (laughs) as well, but even even so, it sometimes it can still be difficult making yeah. making decisions. I remember leaving that company. I was really emotional, and I didn't understand why. Because I was like, "This is what you want. Like you're going towards something that you're excited about that feels like a good fit. Like why are you crying?" <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But it is just hard sometimes, like you said, when you make changes because you think, "Oh, well, I thought this was going to be the thing," and 
there is a, a little bit of grieving, even though you're moving towards something that you love that like, oh, that's the first word that popped yeah. into my head. <laughs> grief. Yeah. It's a stage of grief. Like you're having to let go of something to make room for something else. And even though that, you know, intuitively that that's your journey, that's where you need to be. Uh, you're having to let go of something. And I can't speak for both of us, but for me, I have a, I hear you. I've also left a job three months into it because something tugged at me and was like, no, like this is the place. And um, what I always fear is disappointing people. Yeah, I hate when I disappoint them and I know I'm the cause of that, or I know I'm the cause of now someone else having to overperform their role to make up for me or spending time to, you know, fill my position. I know we're talking a lot about like career, but this is just like an example we're talking about right now. Um, and so I, I, I hate that feeling. I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll all grow it one day of just like at the end of the day, you're doing what's best for you and what's right for you. And if it's right for you, then it's right. Um, but yeah, it's hard to not feel those other complex feelings of letting go. And yeah, it's, I think it's called the messy middle for a reason, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's no clean break necessarily. It's like a breakup, breakup from like romantic breakup, uh, friendship breakup, a work career breakup. Like if it doesn't hurt when you're breaking up, it probably wasn't as large as maybe Yeah. It was in the first place. I don't know. You mentioned before, like kind of surrounding yourself with a community of people that can like inspire you or support you. Um, And you're one of those people for me too, that I'm like, oh, I can Mm -hmm. like bounce ideas off Melissa or I can just like vent to her um, Mm -hmm. because she'll get it. But outside of a community, are there other like resources or things that you tap into when you know you're getting ready Mm -hmm. to make a big change when you're getting ready to start piloting something new or just like shifting off autopilot that that's been helpful? Oh gosh. I feel like it's a period of time where I actually spend more time with myself. Um, I feel like those critical moments I realize, I I don't know what I'm going to misquote this quote, but essentially they say, if this is a long winded way of saying this, but there's only so many hours of the day. If at the end of the day, you're not happy with your day, you're, you were probably, it's not because you weren't doing enough things. It was, you weren't doing enough things that you wanted to do. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've heard, I've seen a version it's of what so you're botched. About. <laughs> It's so botched. I'm maybe going to have to find those, that actual quote and put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> I did not give it the credit. It, needed. But essentially I always come back to you're living for other people. And that's those like moments where I'm like, wow, you need to make a decision for yourself. And so for me, like I spend a lot more time doing things I know I love. I have like a well-being list of, you know, just simple things, like just like thrifting, um, you know, journaling, things where I'm actually taking space from whatever is providing me chaos at the moment, being with myself and like learning to define it and sit with my really complex chaotic feelings. Um, That helps. I think to just 
reaching out to people who you know um, will support that evolution that you have or that you you're going through. I know I don't have as many of these friends anymore these days, but you know, sometimes there are uh, definitely these groups of people exist where these groups of people put you down for trying to Mm. try something new or grow out of something or like, well, you just have to stick, like stick with it. You just have to like push through it and persevere. Like that's going to define your character. You know, like that feels very surface to what is actually said in those conversations. Um, but I have more people who are more willing to dig in and be like, yeah, you know, if you feel like something's off, do something about it and I'll support you either way. Yeah. And having that sort of like support system is helpful. Um, but I know you're like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you outshine me when it comes to like in a good way, the, your consumption of just following really good role models and podcasts and books. Um, you may have a lot more resources than I do versus like, I just journal. No, no. I was going to actually say that like your methods are very similar to mine. I think similar to me, like similar to you when you say like, you have to be alone. I have to clear out some of the noise to really listen to my gut. Like I'm very, intuitive Mm. to the point that sometimes I can't always describe my decision-making to people. Like sometimes like they're like, why are you doing this? Or why is this happening? And all I can say is, I don't know. I just, I feel like Mm. this is where I need to be, or this is what I need to do. And I, and I can feel their frustration understandably because I'm not able to always articulate the why because Mm -hmm. it's, it's not at a place that I can even put into words. It's just this soul feeling of like, I belong here. I don't belong here. Or this is the next step. And maybe that I can take a step in this direction. I'll take a step back. And that that's what I needed. I just needed to step out for a moment. Or maybe it is a whole charting a new course. But I do try to clear out some of the noise. And so for me, sometimes it's, it, it's, it is a balance of when do I let people into the process. Cause I know that's something that I'm working on is that sometimes I can do a lot of that processing internally and I want to let people yeah. in to it. Um, but also being mindful of who I let in and when, because, you know, there are times when I'm, I'm ready for people to push back with questions and say, how is this going to work? Cause you know, like life is practical. That's like, a good point. I need yeah. sometimes someone to be like, how's this going to work? Have you thought this through? What's the plan? you know, Mm -hmm. and those are things that I need answers for. But I think sometimes I can let that in too early and it's, it can squash an idea because I'm like, oh, I don't have the answers yet. So maybe this is stupid. And it's like, no, you will get the answers and you do need that input, but like, maybe you didn't need that input today. Maybe today you just needed a cheerleader or someone who said, that's awesome. That's interesting. And then get back to me next week. And by next week, maybe I'll have some answers and I'll be ready. I I think that discussion's important, but I think learning the cadence of this is when I can bring people in. And this is the period where I really just need to get in tune with myself and Mm -hmm. listen to what my heart is saying and what, what my gut is speaking, because it doesn't always speak in words. It's just like a feeling and kind of clearing out the noise. Um, 
And sometimes the noise does come from experts. Sometimes like I'll see, oh, every, all these other experts and role models and people that I like, they've done this thing. So I should do it too. And sometimes when I take a beat, I'm like, but that's not going to work for you, Renee. Like that's worked for Different circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a, there is a period of being alone with my thoughts, not like isolating myself physically, but like, and sometimes solo isolation can help, but like more like being alone with my thoughts and then bringing people in who can either cheerlead ideas or pressure test ideas and make sure that I'm not just being flighty or, you know, careless. Like it's a balance of figuring out for each idea, for each circumstance, like what, what needs what in each moment and like just timing it right. Because like I said, sometimes I think if you bring in something useful too early, it can, it can disrupt something. And it, it doesn't mean that your idea is wrong. It just means like, I wasn't ready to answer that today, but that doesn't mean that I, I don't have the capacity to get an answer for you. I just don't have it yet. Timing truly is, I wouldn't say timing is everything. Timing is definitely something. And then there's like this other half of it. Maybe it's bravery. It's courage, I guess is the same thing as bravery, but there's something, there's like grit. There's something else that balances timing. Um, Cause to your point, like, it is, I, I'm someone who I think because if I don't sit in the quiet for a minute, I can easily let other people sway me. And I think, again, it comes from like disappointing people or having this like perception of like of myself be shattered in some way, shape or form of like, oh, whoa, Melissa really doesn't have it together. Or mm-hmm. oh, Melissa really didn't think this through. Like, that's not very Virgo of her. Like, I know so dumb, but these are like the demons that we have in our heads, right? Of, of how our, what our perception, what are, what others perception of us and how that affects us and all that stuff. And as I've grown into the person I am today as I continue to evolve I am learning to try to quiet that it's noise and sometimes it's nonsense Mm -hmm. um and it depends on to your point like who it's coming from and and what the the motive may be so the motive may be out of love out of thoughtfulness and, and consideration but yeah I'm learning how to be like okay when I approach my dad for some reason, you know, for example, I cannot approach him with feelings. I need Mm. to approach it with facts and back that up. So to your point, like, uh, you're, that's the person you may want to go to, to ask the hard questions. Now I may approach my mom in a different way. Be like, you know what? I just, I'm going to approach her with my feelings because she's more of a feeler. Um, and that just happens to be what my parents are like. It could be different for others. And I think, yeah, like kind of starting off that conversation, if anyone listening is feeling that and you sort of want to talk, you know, talk through it with somebody. Um, I know sometimes I'm like, my husband's name's Eric. I'm like, Eric, I need you to just listen today. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm going, like I'm going through a lot of thoughts. I'm just going to spew out ideas. Uh, I would say most of the time, if not all the time, we're pretty aligned and on the same page, but sometimes I'm like, I, I don't need you to poke holes in this plan right now. I don't need you to probe. I just need you to listen. <laughs> but that's good though. Being able to like articulate what you need and saying, I need to vent or I need solutions and 
letting the other person just know, because I think mm-hmm. most people who love you can be multiple like sounding boards for you. And sometimes yeah. like I'm guilty of this too, like expecting people to read my mind and know what I need. <laughs> but um, to your point, it is because I think that is also like a, the people pleaser comes out in me and like, different ways. Um, but it is being able to articulate, I need to tell you this and I need help finding a solution or I don't want Mm -hmm. like you to fix things. I just want to (laughs) talk. I just want you to listen and just kind of let people know how they can show up for you in that moment. And they might listen to you or they might not, depending on like, if you're saying something wild, they might be like, no, I have to intervene. (laughs) I have to say something. But, um, a lot of times I think people just want to be good to you. If they love you, they want to be there for you. And if you That's know, true. if you teach them how to show up and support, most people are receptive That's a to good that. reminder. <laughs> most of the time people have good intentions. I, I think it comes with like management style too, right? Like we sometimes have um, like, I mean, just have to be managers, just people in general who their initial, you know, reaction is to solve someone's problem mm-hmm. and solutionize. And I can be that way too sometimes, um, especially for like younger cousins or younger siblings where they're having, a, you know, maybe going through something or having a problem. And I'm like, I'm already like, oh, I can help them figure this out. Like that's what they need from me. And then it's just like a good reminder for me of like, you know, maybe they don't. Like maybe they want to figure it out on their own you know, they're a different type of person than you. Maybe they want to do it through experience versus being told what to do. And I can empathize with that, right? Like I'd rather, I'd rather go through it. I'd rather grow through it than someone telling me no at the beginning and then never actually experiencing it. Um, But I love where this went because I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about like, we talked about the past auto pilot moments that we've had. I'm sure during the duration of this podcast, more are going to like brew and bubble up to the surface. (laughs) I know we have plenty. Mm -hmm. And what I'm reminded is that we've had plenty before and we're probably going to have plenty in the future. Um, And so I know for me, us even just planning this podcast, creating like a creative brief, (laughs) which is like my favorite thing in the world. You're good about me, going back to the creative brief, guys. Melissa is really good at keeping us to that document. Like, I, hashtag <laughs> back to the brief. Yeah. Hashtag are we all centered around the creative brief? Uh, I don't know if that says anything about my agency experience, but creative brief, creative brief, I project love brief, I love whatever it. you want to call it. Um, and so when as we were like work, working through this podcast together, doing the creative brief, um, it made me think about like the mind shift that was happening in my brain of like, okay, knowing now I'm like cognitive and like fully aware about and have defined what at least autopilot means to me. And I think that's kind of like the biggest, the biggest piece of this now is like, we've, we've put a name on it. We've defined it. Like it's a thing we're kind of screaming at the rooftops like we're anti-autopilot at least for ourselves like that's something that we want to avoid um we're probably not ever going to fully avoid but um at least changing our mindset now on how we want to move forward with life and so i think 
this podcast hopefully will help others through that phase if you're in it. I know for sure I'm uh, entering this messy middle again of trying to figure out, okay, what does this next season of life mean for me? And how can I be more cognitive of, uh, I liked how you phrased it earlier, the symptoms of autopilot and being a better pilot in my own on the on my own life plane here, right? Yeah. Not living, not living life on the passenger seat. Like we Get behind about that the a wheel. Lot. Yeah. Get behind the wheel. One day we might share some of the the failed podcast titles and taglines. <laughs> um, some of them are are funny. <laughs> some They're of them, good. some of them are good. Some of them, I think, will really just. I want to have a glass of wine to yeah. this. <laughs> Renee and I are very, <laughs> there are no bad ideas. All gets out on the table. Let's yeah. w- work through them. And then we reread them and we're like, Bleh. I mean, <laughs> that's part of the, that's part of the process though. It's just like, it's going to be messy. Just get it out. Yeah. Um, and that's I, with autopilot. Life's going to, life's going to be messy. How can we, through this experience, through this journey together, how can we better support ourselves, better support our community to manage those um those pivots mindfully yeah in every way professionally personally whether you're getting a new job getting out of debt deciding to start a family deciding to end a relationship whatever whatever the case Mm -hmm. may be you know there there's there's no shortage of moments in your life where you do just because I mean like I don't know it's like sometimes you don't always want to live with your foot on the gas and sometimes that's true you take a breath and you're like oh it was great I took that breath or you take a breath and you're like Mm -hmm. oh shit like (laughs) things are happening like I've got some stuff to address um but yeah I think this is a good discussion I think it's good to just like you said define the feeling know the symptoms and just be able to watch for it so that whatever phase you're in you're ready to to identify it and and move quickly. I love that. Um, well, I'm excited for the rest of the season and beyond. I like calling it a season. I like it. <laughs> I was run with it. <laughs> I like the pilot, the first pilot. Um, well, we have a couple of of segments that we like to a, a good a good end note, a good footnote to these really good discussions. And one of these segments is we're, we're branding, we're calling gold stars, which is once a week at the end of the podcast, we're going to give a gold, gold star, maybe more than one gold star to a thing, a brand, a person, a, um, a philosophy that we just feel like deserves, deserves to have their, a, a light shine on them, a little spotlight, if you will, for the week. Yeah, I can go first. Um, so this weekend, Mayor Bloomberg, and I should have actually pulled the article in front of me, yeah. but recently, I don't know if he's Mayor Bloomberg anymore, but um, um, Michael Bloomberg, the philanthropist, billionaire, former mayor of New York City, uh, he said that when he dies, when he passes on, he's actually going to pass his wealth in a trust to his charities. And it's actually this, I feel like there's like a, yeah, instead of just, I guess, bequeathing it to his family. Um, And I feel like there's a movement of this happening recently. Obviously, like the Patagonia founder Mm -hmm. did that a couple of months ago. I think I saw an article a couple of weeks ago or however long ago it was now that Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis 
are doing something mm. similar. Mm. And I, I just thought that's such an interesting, it's an interesting approach. I, I don't, I don't have a strong feeling either way. I think it's great if you want to leave your wealth to your children to create generational mm. wealth. Like I, I think that's really beautiful and powerful as well. And I also think it's great if, you know, people, especially someone who's a billionaire with that level of wealth to want to leave it behind to hopefully make a difference in the various, you know, organizations and, and issues that he's passionate about. And, you know, the world has no shortage of them. So yeah, I think a, a gold star to, to Mr. Bloomberg and, and all of these other people who are reimagining what to do with their wealth afterwards in a way that, you know, they're happy with, I mean, different strokes for different folks. So I, I just mm-hmm. think it's cool when people kind of decide they want to do something a little differently. So yeah, that's my gold star. I like that. I want to retweet your gold star. Um, I'll share my own too, but I, I think, I mean, it, the, that whole time I'm just thinking about how people are so pridefully and courageously living out their values and doing something that's not as quote traditional. Um, so I love that about that and good old Ashton and Mila. They're like such a cute, they're such a cute couple. Um, okay. My gold star is not quite as <laughs> heartfelt, but definitely one that's on my mind. And I'm giving a multiple gold stars to the sport called pickleball. Yes. I am on, I am on the pickleball train. I, I am like full throttle on this pickleball kick. I actually played some pickleball before we started re- recording this podcast today. Um, shout out to my cousin, who's the one who got me into it and is now like a pickleball star doing tournaments and stuff and playing with the big leagues, but I'm not, I'm just playing in my like neighborhood park. Um, I love it. If you haven't played pickleball before, it's essentially a mix between ping pong and tennis. I know Renee's like a huge tennis gal, comes from a good tennis fan family. Um, And I just, I mean, tennis is hardcore. Pickleball is also hardcore, but I don't, it requires different kinds of strengths, but I just, it's so fun. I'm someone who I, sometimes I feel like I need to be tricked into working out. It's not something that just comes naturally to me. I'm not a natural athlete. I did not do sports growing up. Um, and so I always feel like I need to be tricked into it if it's not something like yoga. Um, I like, I like hiking cause it just feels like walking just up a mountain, you know, like that type of stuff. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, pickleball has rebranded itself to touch the masses and is not, uh, f- from it's not born from its natural state of, of <laughs> being associated with assisted living <laughs> communities. I didn't know that. And it is that was actually the so story. fun. Uh, we can fact check that, but at least <laughs> my my first introduction <laughs> to pickleball was from an assisted living facility where they wanted us to write an article about their new pickleball courts, and I was like, "What's pickleball?" And here I am, the fastest growing sport in America. TM trademark probably is. I think so. I think I saw an article about that. I've never played and I really want to. I thought about you today, Renee, A, because of this podcast always, but always because <laughs> you're like my best friend. But also I was like, I think if Renee has not played pickleball, she would love this. It's like tennis and you would catch on. It's, it's like tennis, but 
not at the same time. Oh, I want to try. Everyone, I like, I'm having FOMO. Everyone's doing it. <laughs> I want to try. Got an extra paddle for you. All right. Um, is there anything you want to manifest? Have like a little manifest sesh before we sign mm. off? What are you manifesting this week? Um, I think it's just to have more fun. I don't know if it's the, the turn of the, the season. Things are hotter, at least in this part of the world, right? We're entering summer or we're in spring about to enter summer. And so there's just like this new wave of energy that I'm feeling from coming out of the winter. And it's weird. I, I, I feel like I, I'm usually like a fall winter gal and I love those seasons, but as of like, maybe it's the pandemic, <laughs> I've just like, no, I want to be in the sun. <laughs> I want to be outside all day. And yeah, I just, I want to make sure I, I, I do that more often in my everyday life, having that work-life balance, um, taking my dogs out for more walks, spending more time out with my family and just soaking up the sun. So yeah, have more fun. I love that. I am, I feel like I'm always manifesting that. I always want to have more fun. Um, that's a good one. Uh, what am I manifesting this week? Um, sleep, <laughs> sleep <laughs> and rest. I am coming down from a really busy period at work that always yields like really great stuff. Like it's, it's, it's a period of the year that I always know is going to be busy, but it's like at the same time, it's one of my favorite projects that I work on, but it's just very time intensive and like mm. labor intensive. And I mean, I think that's life, right? Like some of the things you love, like some of our podcast planning sessions, we were like planning to like past midnight. So it's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. But I think coming down from that, just getting some good sleep, de-stressing and just kind of getting back mm. on on track. Cause like, I don't know when I get overstressed, I can just like feel myself not being like my cheerful, upbeat, like outgoing self. And I had like a lot of good sleep this weekend. I was a bit of a couch potato in a good way. So mm -hmm. yeah, so just some more rest this week. Um, so I just feel like I have a lot of fun stuff coming up that I want to be energized for. So yeah, have fun and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're manifesting. I like that. I, I'll I'll manifest some good sleep too. Because speaking of fun, I'm going to see Taylor Swift in like this week, less than a week. And so I need the sleep and the energy and the rest to have the best time ever and to have fun, leaving room and leaving space for that. You're going to have so, so much fun. Everyone I know who's been is just like obsessed with it. You're going to have such a good time. <laughs> Um, well, thank you all for being here. Thanks for listening. Renee, we did it. For, I know. First episode One episode in. <laughs> it's good to like rip the bandaid off, get it out. Um, so thank you also for being here with me, Melissa, and everyone who listened in. Um, yeah. It can only go up from here. Yes, it can. <laughs> we'll see you next week. See you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.